What's up to all our Lifting Coast listeners? We're back. It is today is Monday, so we'll be hitting you guys tomorrow. This will be live on Tuesday. But the first thing we want to do is a little house cleaning or housekeeping, whatever the hell this saying is. <laughs> want to shout out all our listeners. We just appreciate you guys tuning in. Without you guys, it's not possible. So thank you guys for tuning in every single week, every single episode. And we appreciate it wherever, if you're coming from France, you're coming from Sweden, you're coming from Australia. We saw some listens from Taiwan the other day. So we appreciate you all, especially in the United States, one of our biggest listenerships. But we appreciate you all, man. America. Not America. Bro. <laughs> we, we can't meme them. <laughs> we can't meme them. We're not cutting anything. We're I not cutting anything. A, I just had to put it there. But damn, you know what? We really got to go to Austin because our American fans are showing up, bro. Yeah, it's going to be good. I'm excited, to, I'm excited for the 2022 season. So before we get into our actual topic of the episode, which will be kind of the new real changes for anybody that's not kind of up to date or people that are just looking for some further analysis into it in depth. Couple comments we just talked about quickly, which we'll talk about so our viewers can hear. I mean, we've been on it since day one. Well, I've been on it since day one. You've probably joined in day 10 and we're in day 100 now. Marco Helmet says Valtteri Bottas is a flop at overtaking. Wow. <laughs> I mean, a year ago, I would have defended that. <laughs> I know, which is embarrassing. <laughs> but the reality you sure you is. You sure you don't want me to cut that? Uh, <laughs> no, you can keep that one in. The reality is, you, Valtteri is, um, he's a. Good Formula One driver. Yeah, you know what the thing is? Marco said he's very fast, but he can't overtake, which I think is a very accurate statement. Listen, put him on an empty track in quality. He, he's one of the best drivers. Really good driver. Yeah. Put him, <laughs> put him behind the, Danny Ricardo. Put him next to anyone, and he's going to, you just, you can't hold, if you hold your breath, you're going to die. <laughs> yeah, I also feel like I don't remember seeing a memorable moment from him when he overtook on a, like on a, a corner, he's pretty much overtaking on a straight where he's just way too fast. <laughs> I wonder why, though. Yeah, I mean, we had a whole Valtteri episode. We won't dive into him too much. But, I mean, just racing <laughs> instincts. You race to overtake or you race to win. But which, maybe he's just so fast. He, before Mercedes, he forgot how to overtake. Maybe I don't he's know. nervous. Maybe he'll learn how to overtake an Alfa Romeo again. Ooh, that's going to be hard. Maybe. Okay, <laughs> hang on. That's, that's another thing we can bring up. Is it going to be that hard? Think about this. Alpha Male has a full budget, basically. They've come out and said because of, and I tweeted it, the Guan Yu Zhou effect. Guan Yu Zhou has given them enough money to pretty much op operate at the full salary cap, which I think teams like Williams and teams like um, Haas will operate around probably the 80 to $100 million mark. $40 million goes a long way. It does. And I mean, I'm still not. So this year we're going to have teams close to what's it? 142, 140, 140 million dollars, right? Yeah. And I still don't think it's going to be that fair, just because. Yeah, but that's still not that, that's not even what we're discussing. Is Alpha Romeo a better team than we thought because they're operating close to the salary? Well, cap. they're operating close to the salary cap. They should be better than a lot of the other teams. Yeah, I'm saying, do they make their way up to sixth or seventh? They're going to have a Ferrari power unit. Yeah, and they're going to have Guan Yu Zhou money. Guan Yu Zhou money. If you're Aston Martin, you better be careful, man. So, like, it begs it begs the question, um, or begs to ask the question, was Alfa Romeo operating close to $100 million last year? So they were down about 45 because Guan Yu's bringing you about 30 to $40 million. 
Well, I think in a major sponsor, he might bring you about $50 million in sponsorship if you put in like a bunch of small brands. And they're paying it. What are they paying him again? Not even a million. I think a million right? dollars. A million bucks, right? A yeah. Big, a big pay raise from F2. Yeah, big pay raise, but I mean, uh, what were they paying Giovanazzi? About a I little think more, like two or three. Yeah, so crazy. Not only are they saving money in the driver's salary, but they're making money because of him. Well, not making money; he's bringing money to the team. Yeah, which they allows get to spend to be more better. money. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you have so the, the way I look at it with Alfa Romeo specifically is you have the money to operate this year, realistically. Um, so before I get into my point, what's now that you know what you know about Alfa Romeo and they have Valtteri Bottas? Where do you expect Valtteri to finish? Like, should he be competing with McLaren in them? No. Where should he be competing? I think he should be... Uh, uh, okay, let me... It's He's not going to be competing with McLaren, but I think he should... I think, really, the team should be competing with uh, Aston Martin and Alpine. What about your Alpha, and your Alphatori? And Alphatori. I think they're all... Obviously, I really think that Haas and William are going to be at the bottom again because they're not going to just miraculously be fixed overnight. But Alpine, Aston Martin, AlphaTauri should all be in that. Remember I put Williams higher and I put Aston Martin ninth? Yeah. Williams is not operating out of nowhere because remember, they got investment at the end of 2020. Yeah, they've, they've, got, they've got the financial backing. So I expect a good year from Williams this year and I expect Alfa Romeo to be better. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to probably say they're going to compete with that whole bunch. Um, I have them behind McLaren. Like, they should be behind McLaren and Ferrari. They should be fighting for fifth to seventh, anywhere between those. Let's break up the grid in threes. Top three, middle three, and then bottom four. Well, no, it, it, it's no, no, not no. the three, three, three. It's, uh, We can't work it out like that. It's got to be four, four, and two. Because there's four teams that actually compete. I'm not saying McLaren will compete as well, but they're still competing on a I weekly like that. basis. Four, four, two. Yeah, so we have our four, which will be, obviously, everybody knows. It's Team Papaya. The Bulls, Ferrari, the Scuderia, and the Silver Arrows. Great. That's our top four. They're in so an upper echelon. The top six, the top two and the six are easy. You're going to throw AlphaTauri for sure, and you're going to throw Alpine. Okay. All right. Aston Martin and Alfa Romeo is a wash, and Williams, you can wash all those between. I'm going to go with Williams, AlphaTauri, Alpine. Alpine. And Alfa Romeo, I don't believe in Aston Martin. Well, so that means Aston Martin drops no. to number nine. I said that on a couple pods yeah. ago. So if Aston Martin finishes ninth, yeah, it is complete panic mode for, for Aston Martin. Hey, listen, that's just me because I don't like Aston Martin, but I'm, I'm not saying that's a great take. Can I, you imagine they finish ninth? I can't imagine it. I mean, they're probably going to operate close to the highest salary cap, but I don't believe in Lance. Like, that that's well-known, or daddy's money, should I call him. I believe in Seb, but at the same time, they're going through a new facility. They're going through all these changes, and we can't be oblivious to all this stuff. They're bringing all these new people, so that's going to take time <laughs> to get adjusted. <laughs> but the crazy thing is, they're doing all this, and if they continue to slide, because really the trajectory right now is going backwards, it's not a yeah, good Yeah, I, I won't consider 2021 like a real year for them, like in terms of they've gone down because obviously the new rules affected their car. Cool, whatever. It's, I'm not going to hold them to that forever. But I just don't see them getting a lot better because they have so much change. Now, listen, that change might be impactful right away. But here's my thoughts on it behind. A, I don't see Alpha Tour getting worse. Pierre Gasly is a year older, year better. So is Yuki Tsunoda. Do you see them getting worse? Probably not. No. 
Alpine, nah, we said they're a little bit of a shit show, so maybe they're better than Alpine. That's fair. I wouldn't if Alpine goes into the hole, but they still have Alonzo. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna bet against Alonzo. Yeah, I'm not gonna bet against Alonzo. I've I, I didn't make that mistake before you have, so I know you're not making that yeah, mistake. I'm not again. again. Alonzo, I'm on <laughs> the Alonzo train. Yeah, as lo- until we see Alonzo fall off a cliff, no one's betting against him. I'm not betting against Alfa Romero and Aston Martin, kind of they're in the era. It's not like I'm taking one or the other, but Alfa Romeo did more with almost the same as they did with less last year. Because mm-hmm. what, they spent $100 million? Let's assume it's around there because they got about 40 to $50 million with Joe coming in. And we know Aston Martin operate at the top half of the budget. There's no way Alfa Yeah, Aston that's Martin the thing. You know that um, Lawrence Stroll is going to do whatever he can to spend the most amount of money because I feel like he he's the type of person who thinks that if he spends more money, they're just naturally going to be better. Yeah, and you got to look it's at it that just, way. So not just the case. One of the things we'll talk about in the episode is how much time you get on wind tunnels, right? Well, Alpha, Alpha Merrill gets more time on the wind tunnels because they finish... Exactly. They finish ninth, right? Because Williams... Did, no, did no, Williams no, beat they them? finish eighth. Okay, well, I thought... No, Williams finished eighth. Let's pull it up right now. I'm pretty sure Williams finished eighth. Because they had a couple high finishes, but let me know. Can you imagine? Did they finished really? ninth. Let's see. If I'm, Williams I'm, beat them? I'm kind of 99% sure they finished ninth. I could be wrong, though. Oh, my God. They did. Yeah. Williams had a better year. If it was eight. So they also get the most. How do amount, I they get the second most amount of time in the wind tunnel, but they're operating with 40 to $50 million more this year. Yeah. So I'm going to bet on Alpha Romeo. And they have. I mean, he's not. I mean, you can compare Valtteri and Seb to both being championship drivers. Yeah, so they have like championship caliber drivers on teams. No, Seb's in a different level. But where I balance them out is because Valtteri's been a part of a successful team in the the turbo hybrid era, right? Seb hasn't been that successful since, like, hasn't been a world champion or been part of a world championship team since two thousand thirteen. So I'm not really giving it to Seb, but. So that's why I kind of have them there. And then my last team was Williams. I'm just banking on Williams to be better. Yeah, that's when it. you look at the list, right? Alpine, Alpha Tori, I think we can say that they're a lock in that next four. I wouldn't say a lock, but it's very highly likely, I would say. Um, and then Aston Martin, Williams, and Alfa Romeo are kind of like all interchangeable. And Haas, is, we just know, is going to be at the bottom. Haas is going to be test. Yeah. What, what, what's a successful year to Aston Martin? We'll do an Aston Martin episode. Probably that's We do Thursday need to episode. do an Aston Martin. That'll be our Thursday episode. Definitely overdue. And I so, know that you got a lot to bring. For what, that. What, what's a successful year for Aston Martin? They finished seventh. If you go back to me and you could say they had a successful year, what does that look like to you? I'm going to say what a successful year looks like. Doesn't mean I think that's what they're going to do. No, just what, a, what what's a year that Lauren Stroll can be proud of? And sit and go to his investors and be like, it was a great year. They got to finish fifth. Okay. I think that's fair. That's why I have them too. If they can finish right behind McLaren, I think that's a successful year for them as well. I agree with you. Um, but if they are, you know, they finished seventh, but it's like, it was almost an embarrassing seventh. Like they were, they were bad. Well, they really were f- bad. They went from fourth last year to seventh. And numbers don't tell the whole story. Like I always say, but Lance Stroll did not look good in, in a weak car. He was bad. I mean... But let's not get into it. Yeah, we'll get into it on Thursday. Yeah. Um, last note before we get into our actual part of the episode. Um, Danny Ricardo said that Formula 1 cars will look like Formula 2 cars because their rear is lower. What do you think about that? Mm. 
after seeing the top of the rendering today, I actually think they're going to look pretty good. No, he meant just like they look like they appear like the Formula 2 cars. No, they don't. I mean, just, that's what Danny Ricardo said, bro. The Formula 2 cars look very short. But they're also lower to the ground. Yeah. So that's what he, his point was. Yeah, I mean, listen, he's an F1 driver. Yeah, you got to give it to him where he comes. <laughs> um, last thing quickly is what do you think of his comments that he's really hoping it ushers a new era of Formula 1? Do you think like everybody's prematurely optimistic that this is a new era or do you think like we're actually heading into a brand new era of F1 where it's like close racing and that that'll segue into our, the rest of the episode but how what are your thoughts on that I think everyone is optimistic for that because the last not eight, everybody not Mercedes and not Red Mercedes <laughs> but the last eight years it's been kind of not fair no, you can't say not fair. It's been dominant. It's been dominated. <laughs> yeah. Mercedes has played. Mercedes has won eight constructors, but, man. But like you're a Mercedes fan. Let's make it clear. They've won it fair and square. Yeah, right? they have. They had the best car. Simple as that. They yeah. made the best car. Like it is what it is. They also had the best drivers. Um, no, best they had the the best driver. And when I said drivers, I was meaning Nico Rosberg. Oh yeah, yeah. Valtteri Bottas is not. Valtteri is the best. Uh, quali- one of the best qualifiers <laughs> yeah. in the world. Um, but the thing is. If you're one of those other drivers, think about Danny Rick. Because we've given Danny Rick, like, quite a bit of... I wouldn't say we've been mean to him, but, like, we expect more. So, this year... You expect more. This year in McLaren, he probably expects more of himself. Like, he went from being in a... He went from being with a team that had won four championships to then kind of, like, going from Renault... Well, remember, he got paid a bag to go to Renault. He got paid a bag. He did get paid a bag, but he has just, he needs to have something. Okay, so let me ask you this. Is Danny Ricardo a guy that just makes his money and goes home? Pardon? Is Danny Ricardo just a guy that makes money and goes home? Because listen, we'll put put it out there. We're not going to name any names, (laughs) but we have relationships in the professional basketball world. And some Some players, they just clock in because it's a job to them. Is it's that so Danny easy Ricardo? for me to say, like, no, that's not the case because it's only 20 races. And but it's like... We're not saying it's facts, right? But, like, what do you think? Do you think he just clocks it in? Like, if you were a betting man, is he in it to win it or is he in it because he... I don't have this at the, like, tip of my finger, like, at my fingertips right now, but did Danny Rick win at the junior circuit? Uh, he might have, but that's not even... I'm just trying point. to think, like, did has Danny won... Let me see. I'll check for you. You check for me because but, 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 but that doesn't that has nothing to do with the question, does it? Because maybe Danny got away with one of the biggest heists ever. Um he won. Now he won British Formula 3. He didn't win F2. I mean, it wasn't called F2 back then before it was called uh GP2, but yeah, no he, he did not win, win GP2. No. But my point is Man, maybe Danny Rick punches in, punches out, lives on the ranch down under. I'm not he even got the bag. I'm not mad at that, bro. I'm Listen, like, <laughs> he secured the bag and he's good. And you know what? Listen to him. It doesn't sound like that's his that's his motive, but because you want to like Danny, <laughs> no. But that's not my point. He always talks about winning a world championship and stuff like that. So I don't think that's his mo. But it's like you got to question it because why would you leave Red Bull to go to for the bet? I mean, listen. Maybe Red Bull was only offering him five million, and Renault offered him close to twenty million. So I can't really complain. I based on everything. Uh, with his time at Renault, it all it, he did also portray the fact like he was coming over to what was supposed to be 
a car that could challenge. They finished third, I think, or fourth that year, and he thought they thought he'd be the final piece yeah, to like, kind of challenge it. It was a bad year. Yeah, it was a bad year. But so let's get back to our our actually initial reason why we came on. So Formula One posted an article today, the seven rule changes, which we won't go over every single one because some of them are self explanatory, but we will go over some of the key ones. So number one, Kurt, is frozen power units. So for anybody that's not a diehard F1 fan or just a casual fan or doesn't know what's going on, the engine units are frozen as of this year. The only thing that can be improved if you spend money on them is reliability, cost saving, small things like that, but no actual performance improvements. Yeah. So any thoughts on that? Well, F1 has a greater... um, big i guess arch over them with their sustainability act that they're trying to go completely um you know carbon i think carbon zero is their goal Um, by i think 2030 they don't want carbon or something like that they're gonna have a sustainably fueled engine and we i I don't think we know yet what that's gonna look like um it's not electric no because that's formula e and uh no they want to be completely bio degradable yeah so it's going to be very interesting, but this frozen power unit makes sense. I think all the research. Do you um, actually buy into that sustainability bull? That they're going to be completely sustainable? No, that's the reason why they're doing it. I don't buy into it. I think they are, man. It's a huge. No, mandate. they are going to do it, but do you, do you, my, you want know my thought process is why no. they're doing it, so they can actually have a level playing field going to 2026, because they never will. If they don't put a hold on to engines for four or five years for teams to catch up. They never will. That that's my th- and they put the sustainability behind it okay. to make it look sexy. Okay. In in that regard, I think it makes complete sense because twenty twenty six is a long time away. Like, yeah, I, you got I, four years to develop like an engine. Four years is a while. So man. like, you have no excuse if you're Haas, right? You have no excuse in, if if you're any of these teams going to two thousand twenty six. They've held off engine performance for for four years, so you have the chance to now make a great engine. You can work with Mercedes if that's what you're picking to how to fit your car. There's a long time to actually work on your actual car. So that's my thought process. I think the sustainability is important, but I think they're selling the sustainability as part of this package. So F1 can be completely competitive in 2026. Will we get there? I don't know. But that's my thought process. They can make changes from a reliability standpoint, but I still believe like the reliability stuff still has to go through the FIA. You have to apply for it, right? Yeah, it may or may not. I'm, I'm not. Yeah. The next four seasons, they're allowed to apply to carry out modifications. So um, if you think about this and you're not Mercedes and you're not Red Bull and you're not Ferrari, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's a great thing. So I don't know that that's just my theory behind it. I don't think I think sustainability is important to F1 and all the racers. But I'm actually I think we will have to do a pot on this before the season gets underway this year. I want to know what that's going to look like from a completely sustainable fuel, like biodegradable fuel. What is where are they going to get the power from? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it on the other pod that they went from 5 to 10% and you lose about 20 horsepower to the wheel. So it so, should be interesting to see what happens. But yeah, do you agree with my theory or you're kind of... I, I'm with it. I think uh, it's they're using the sustainable play to really just say we're giving everyone a chance to catch up. Yeah, and then, you know, you go into this new era. I think Liberty... And we talked about it. No professional sport has... As parody, there's dom- there's dominance and there's teams that suck. But you I think look F1, at every league, man. But I think F1 really wants to try to get to where 
anybody can win or at least eight out of the 10 teams can win on a well, given Sunday. Think about this, right? If we do think of some of the other leagues in the world, I'm not going to say sports, but there are years where some teams win and you're like, no one thought they were going to win. There is no way in hell you would say this past year, oh yeah, Williams or Haas might win. No, it was literally Red Bull, Mercedes, or Ferrari. You don't talk about anybody else except those three. So that's where it's like, there's, of course, never going to be an even playing field because someone has to come first and someone has to come last. But can we put enough in place that there is variation for someone Like maybe Haas could be anywhere or from 10th to 5th. Yeah, like can McLaren win without it being so lopsided? Yeah, so when we talk about, let's talk about last year, like, I know I just said Ferrari, McLaren, sorry, Ferrari, Red Bull, and Mercedes, but did anybody think Mercedes wasn't going to win last year? Man, outside of those top two, it wasn't even... No, but you're not even hearing me out. Did anybody in the F1 world, like, analysts think that any any other constructor had a chance of winning? No, it was... Everyone knew that Mercedes was going to win. I think it was a huge shock to the F1 community that Red Bull was competitive. I, like, that was a shock, it right? It was. And so, there were glimmers that Red Bull might actually win the constructors. But yeah, and that's how dominant Mercedes has been, and that's how F1 has been. It's like when Ferrari went through its period, nobody thought Ferrari would lose. Like until someone actually does it, you don't even think anybody has a chance because that's just how it is. I mean, in what other sport does the same team win eight straight years? Uh, nineteen sixty Celtics. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Anything else on the engine you want to go to? Yeah. Um. No, I don't. But it's just kind of crazy. Like. Will Mercedes continue to win? And we've talked about, like, if they get to 10, damn. Yeah. If they get to 10, that's a lot. Um, return to two-part preseason test. How do you feel about that? Not really we much talk about, about it. it. Yeah, we can move on. Um, a tightening of aerodynamic testing re- restrictions. So, we talked about this a little bit before. Um, you met, You were kind of shocked that teams get less if they're higher in the Constructors' Championship. And now... It looks like the 2022 rule, you're going to get even more penalized for being a top team behind the wind tunnel. Yeah, I think this is the same kind of, you know, it's the same structure as like other leagues where top teams have less chances of getting a lottery pick. So if, you know, we're not drafting no, new no, drivers that's every not year. That's fair though, bro. That's, that's young talent. This is like, you don't even get time behind the wind tunnel. Like it was 90% this year. Now it's going to 70%. Yeah. That's like, what is that? That's like 20, almost 20% of your time behind a wind tunnel is declined. Yeah. But I mean, if you really want to expedite these other teams and get them to level out the playing field, you got to take extreme measures. Bro, if they want to follow other leagues, do a draft for F1 drivers. <laughs> right? When they hit 18 years old, you hold the rights. Imagine the F1 draft. Yeah. But like, here's the thing. Like, do you, okay. So let's, let's dive into that a little bit. So I don't see it being that, but do you see it's actually on par with the draft, like the the, the wind tunnel? It's just, uh, when I mean on par, I'm just saying they're using a similar formula. Like, Yeah, I feel you, but like, yeah, th- that makes sense that they're trying to even out the playing field, but I, 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 don't, I just don't think that's right. I think, to be honest, every team should have the same amount of time in the wind tunnel. No, so here's my thing. I don't think every team should get the same amount of time, but you shouldn't take away from a team. So all teams should get... Let's call it 100 hours. Put the benchmark at 100. Alpine and Williams should get an extra 10 hours. So everyone gets the same starting point. And And you get more. You get more. But they're getting less. They're getting pulled away from their 90% to 70. So it may even change more. Maybe if there's no parity, they drop it to 50%. 
It should be okay. So Williams, you fit the top five teams all get a hundred, right? And then you get maybe five for each each slot. So Red Bull may get an extra five hours compared to Mercedes. Uh, Ferrari we get ten hours because we're two spots behind, right? You you understand what I'm saying by the intervals? But it's like the fact that it's just like no, you get less. Poof, and we're gonna keep when we may decline it. Man, Haas gonna be in the wind tunnel. They get a lot of and it. and do you think it's fair if they average out during the year? I mean, I don't. No, no, no. If they average it out, so let's say McLaren's number three for the most of the year, they get less. But when they get down to fifth or fourth, do they get the same amount? Like to me, it's it, there's got to be fair regulation. But I don't like the rule, man. That's just just like saying to the Warriors or the, the Phoenix Suns, you guys can't practice as much. Yeah, it just fundamentally sounds very crooked. What what I think they should do, which makes sense, is. Maybe they get a little bit more money to spend. So between first and tenth, we're talking about a forty-five percent difference. That's a lot of time, bro. That's a ton, man. That's a lot of time. So to me, I don't know. How do you feel? <laughs> I think every team, to your point, should have the same starting point, and then it goes from there. Yeah, like based on where you finish. Like if because at what point do you need a certain amount of hours to just ensure that the car is actually. Like, Safe? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, but I feel like teams would are, you know, the FI has you know implemented this, but they've obviously implemented it. I would assume and hope that they have you know spoken to the teams. I don't think teams think it's fair though. It doesn't make a difference. Like the way I look at it is like, let's say maybe there's check-in points, right? Like you know how there's summer break. If you're wherever you like, for the first half of the summer break, everybody has the same amount of hours. Right, you all get a hundred hours, and then depending on where you finish summer break, teams get a little extra for the back half of the year, up into next year. But it shouldn't just be like, okay, you get forty five percent less. Like that's a big drastic change. I think it should be a hundred percent. Then it should be like one hundred five, one hundred ten, one hundred six. You know what I mean? But the thing, like, what is Haas going to do with all that time? The thing is, are they even going to utilize it all? Are they going to spend the money? Who knows? Like, it's it's just seems very backwards, so, man. So going on to the next point. It talks about a lower budget cap level, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. We understand that. But bringing up Haas, and we talked about it earlier, is like, how much do you think Haas is actually spending? Because you talked about it, how teams are spending, Mercedes is asking for $5 million more. But it's like, what other teams, even if, they, if Mercedes gets the $5 million more, we both can look at each other and say, yeah, we know they're spending that $5 million and they can, at the snap of a finger, too. Yeah, exactly. I think Haas is spending... Probably like 60 to 70 No, no, no. They're... I really don't think anyone's spending less than $100 million. Yeah, I can see that. But my whole point is, like, if you can't spend close to the budget cap, it kind of sucks as a team. It's like, what's the point of the salary cap being there? There, I think there should be a minimum. You think there should be a minimum? If you really want to level the playing field and you want to be an F1 and the budget's 140, you should be at 140, give or take, temper, like, not 10%. You get penalized for not spending that amount. Exactly. But the thing is, what I find crazy is some of the top big teams are spending close to half a billion dollars a year. How are they supposed to reduce? No, they still are, though. They're spending. It's just that's why there's all these loopholes. Yeah. I mean, like, okay, so we know that the top three driver salaries are taken. The driver salaries are taken out. Okay. So for Mercedes, what is that? Like 40 million euros. That brings them up to 200. Okay. 200 mil. 
top salaries, marketing, like you could still spend easily close to three to four hundred thousand dollars. Right? Hey, Patron has, we'll pay you to be our sponsor this year, and you got a quote unquote do development for us. This whole thing about leveling the playing field, the budget cap, like it really is just surface level. But at what point do you think that F1 actually becomes this massive conglomerate where every team can be competitive and spend half a million dollars? Half a billion dollars, sorry. Like, let's say we get rid of Haas, and let's say we get rid and William Williams took their massive investment, and teams can spend half a billion dollars on it. The like when you bring like in the Volkswagen about McLaren, like McLaren was almost about to go under. It's like, how does McLaren not have the money? No, to I mean spend? That, that's pretty simple. McLaren doesn't sell cars like they don't. So it's, it's like you almost need to have a Kia, a Ford, like big brands that have I mean, the money. Yeah, and that's why I would like to see Honda. Like, can you like? Let's say we threw in, let's say we got rid of Haas and we threw in Porsche, okay? That's one Porsche brand. doesn't even have that kind of money. Yeah, they do. Porsche. Volkswagen Group does. No, but Porsche, Porsche sells a lot of cars, right? Like, McLaren sells, how many McLarens do you think are sold a year? We've got to find out. But but not as many as then Porsche. think about Ferrari. Is Ferrari really selling that many high Ferrari's cars? margins are way higher. I Mercedes think. and Red Bull make complete sense. Mercedes, but 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 hang on, let, let's also put on wax. Ferrari gets seventy million dollars just for being a legacy. Of course, team. <laughs> Ferrari gets a legacy play, hundred percent. So they they get a lot more money to operate, and you know the sponsorships that come with Ferrari. When you're paired with the Scuderia, I mean, think about this, bro. We're talking about how much F one spends. In the NBA, just the fifteen person payroll is this much money. Yet alone the entire team. How much does it cost to run an NBA franchise? No, 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 bro. Here's the difference, bro. You don't pay for gas and all that stuff that they pay for and tires and car wrecks and car and developmental research. Like I'm pretty sure it's equal. Like what you pay for like developing your car and when you put on a million dollar car is what you pay for salaries and stuff. Like it, it equals out. You know what I mean? Like I, I think they balance each other out. If someone wants to come into the sport, think about this. If you want to buy an NFL franchise, average Franchise like three point five bill. The NBA is close to three billion too. No, so, I mean it's, I think that's average like one point five billion, two billion. It's not three point five. Maybe it's two now. But the, the highest team is ranked at five. And like, so what does it cost to buy into F one today? I don't think it's a billion dollars. Didn't it cost like Lawrence like two hundred million? Uh, it cost um, Gene Haas a billion dollar commitment over ten years or something. How much did it actually cost to buy BWT though? I'm pretty sure it's only like two hundred million. million. Yeah, yeah. So. Theoretically, it's where the NBA was 10 years ago in terms of how much it costs to acquire a franchise. And that's but, why some of these other manufacturers should be looking at it. I'm surprised Kia especially. I mean, Honda, Kia, brands that are everywhere. I mean, these are brands that are promoting themselves at so many other sporting events. Yeah. So let me ask you this. So we brought the NBA, and I just want to compare it. So you're saying how much does it cost the NBA to operate Let's not look at the, the stadium part, side of things. Let's look at purely the travel and stuff. Do you think it's cheaper to run an F1 team? The NBA salary cap's like $140 million, Just but, for payroll. But remember, okay, so who else are you paying? Man, you got to think. Think about the, okay, so think about You got to pay your executives, your coaching, you okay. But then think Each about NBA this. Each NBA team has hundreds think of Think about employees. F1. The driver salaries aren't, count, aren't, aren't part of it. So for Mercedes, that's already another $40 million right there. That's not included in the 140 million. Do you think the Golden State Warriors are spending more than that with all the? Personnel? Yeah, I mean, you got to fly 40 private planes a year. Yeah, you got to fly a whole team a year. <laughs> it's yeah. a 23 events. So it's like, 
Maybe it is on par. But that's not, like, it's a good question. It's a good question you ask because I'm just like, is it that much cheaper to run a Formula One franchise than an NBA franchise? I don't know, man. Because remember, you don't pay for any of your driver's salaries in the 145, your top three paid employees, and marketing costs. So you got to think of that. That alone is probably like $100 million. Yeah, that's A lot of fair. money right there, right? So it, it's a great question you ask, but I would love to actually like have like, call it Haas's book and like the and Minnesota Mercedes Tim- book. No, Mercedes, the Minnesota Timberwolves book. Dude. And see what they spend. And I'm telling you, if we took Haas's book and looked at Mercedes book and we just looked at complete transparency, Mercedes is spending close to a billion dollars. No, half a billion. They've, they've, they have to be transparent in 2019. Honestly. How are they spending a billion dollars? Nothing about this sport is transparent. Oh, come on. There was bro. an article that came out today. You know what's transparent? That says F1 should not label itself as a sport. You know you know what's transparent? Michael Massey robbed Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton of a world champion. Another report that came out today that Michael Massey is struggling to grasp with all the hate that's been thrown his <laughs> way. I mean, do you blame the guy? <laughs> <laughs> bro, if I was Michael Massey... I am going into hibernation. I'm done with F1. I'm done with the sport. Peace. Oh, if I'm Michael Massey, I hope I made enough money to go buy a little private property on an island and live my own life. Because, man, you are never... We talk about just, like, you can make fun of someone, like, never let them live this down. Like, Michael Massey, this is never going away for, like, 50 years. Yeah, I'm never letting you live the ball testing down. Yeah, exactly. And you're defending ball test like he's, like he's a championship driver. Um, so the last couple of rules we'll go over quickly, a new weekend format. We talked about that briefly, but yeah, I think I like the fact that there's no more Thursday media. It's all packed in for three days for drivers and it allows them to show up on a Wednesday instead of a Tuesday yeah, per se. It honestly, like, I don't think it impacts like what we do. <laughs> yeah. But it, I mean, it's good for the drivers though. They got, they get an extra day off. They get an extra day. Yeah. So it helps. How do you feel about the mandatory practice outings for rookies? I think that's necessary. I think it's cool. You, wanna, you really want care. to develop young talent, so. I don't really care about it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really. Driving an F1 car does not mean developing young talent, in my opinion. Driving it for, like, one practice. Let's talk hour. about the talent piece, because we, we did bring it up inadvertently. Would F1 benefit from a talent pool draft? Ooh. Can you imagine Haas drafting Max Verstappen? No, okay. So let's actually look. Haas was <laughs> Haas was on a bad team back then. They were fifth. They were fifth. Yeah. Can you imagine that though? Can you imagine George Russell being picked up by Haas? But then imagine the trades that would happen with cash considerations. They trade for a Lewis Hamilton or a Max Verstappen. No, uh, but then Lewis Hamilton would already be okay. No, let's say draft considerations are implemented in 2018. Okay. So Lando and George and all of them came in. Okay. So Charles Leclerc was a rookie in 2018. So was he would not be a Ferrari. No, he's with Alfa Romeo, so he might be. But like, it's kind of dicey because they go into young driver programs. They do. So what? Do you still do you still have like a special clause to buy them out? Man, it would just but be like, so cool. Those are F1 drivers. But let me ask man. you this: Does Haas even care though? Do they care about it? to keep them? Because if I'm getting $10 million to buy out George Russell's contract because he's the best young driver on the market, do you care? Yeah, I feel like teams would, some teams would just take advantage of it to save money. No, but like, that's how you get more competitive. You sell George Russell and you get money. Yeah, except with Haas, they probably don't care about that right now. 
<laughs> yeah, okay, but I'm saying for your average team that like, I think um think about Pierre Gasly. If they want the sell off theoretically there's rules they have to trade for Pierre Gasly to Red Bull in 2019. How much money would they have acquired? And the trades have to be approved by the league. They can't be something stupid. I feel like this entire process would level the playing field. I feel like that would be a great thing. I think we should uh, we should petition for an F1 So draft. every single year there should be a pool that can be drafted. Yeah. And what if you're under like 22 and they don't race for that team, do they go back into the pool? Yeah, I feel like there's got to be something that is um allowed what, what do you to have? Two, do you have the right for 2 years? No, no, you can stay. They can stay in F2, but how long do you have the rights for? 2 years? Yeah, maybe just yeah, there's a standard rookie contract, 2 years. No, it's not even a contract, but you remember, you're drafting the rights. You draft the rights for two years, and then if you don't bring them up in two years, they go back into, into the pool. Into pool, yeah. Yeah, man. That'd be cool, right? It would be cool. That'd be really cool. I, th- I think that F1 should think about that. Um, who would be your number one pick in 2018? Lando Norris or George Russell? Or Charles Leclerc? I'd take Lando. You take Lando? I'm rolling with the Russellinator. Yeah. I like take Lando. Lando. Okay. Who's your number one pick this year? Oh, sorry. Last year, would you have picked Nick, Nick DeVries over yeah. over Mick? I think I would take in uh, money. Can not driver considering the money factor too. Would you take Nick over Nick uh, over Mick? Remember, Mick brings you a fresh Mick thirty million, a thirty million dollars, bro. It's a tough one, man. I I just like the idea of drafting talent, so it's not like they already know where they're going. No, I hear you, but Mick or Mick or Nick in two thousand twenty. Bring Mick. Bring Mick. He's over. got the driving and the money. Yeah, I'd probably bring Mick too because of that. Last but not least, the new tire regulations. We spoke about this a lot. What are you thinking? We read the article. Anything new pop up or same thing? Same thing. It's not nothing really there to be talked about or highlighted. No, I mean, I think there's a big thing. Let's hear it. The blankets. You really think so, bro? Bro, before the blankets could be heated at 100 degrees, now it's down to 70. So you think the 30-degree blank is going to make... Actually, it is going to make a big difference. You're Bro, right, because they your take them off at 100, warm? and they're always are still complaining to get more heat. Yeah, like, can you imagine? Like, good drivers aren't going to be able to get heat. In, like, that's a different... Like, that's technique, how you get heat into your eyes yeah. quickly, right? So that just... That is now just passing it on to the driver now to heat the tire faster, which is... Part of driving. Part of driving. So, like, all in all, we'll wrap up our episode, and we can talk about anything fun we want to talk about or anything on a short note. I really think that Liberty's doing a good job bringing more racing to the fans. Like, everything we've talked about feels like... I'm not saying it's ever going to be a level playing field, but it definitely feels like it's probably as leveled as it ever will be. At least for the near future. In 2026, there may be something I really massive. wanted to say F1's in a great place, but I can't say that. Because of Michael Massey? Because of Michael Massey. But Liberty has done... And no, you know what? No, no. Liberty and you Michael Massey are different. You can't say that. Because Michael Massey's FIA. F1's in a great place, yes. I think. F1 is in a great place... The FIA is in shambles. I think Mohammed Suleiman put them in a great place. Like, I don't think the FIA is in shambles. I think just there's a part of it. But I think Mohammed is going to do a good job. Like, I think he's going to do his thing. I hope so, man. He's not a rich white man, though. And I really hope. He represents an underrepresented community in this world. So I hope that brings some great change to the FIA. I hope so, too, man, because I'm going to be really sad if Lewis ain't coming back. Lewis is coming back. We I know he's coming he's back. coming back. He's coming back. Let's put the vibes that he's coming back. Any last thoughts? Anything funny? Anything fun you saw over the weekend? Um, 
No, but stay tuned for the Aston Martin episode because that's going to be heated. That's going to be spicy. I don't think it'll be heated, bro. <laughs> it's going to be spicy. It's going to be spicy. I don't think we'll be debating much. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's much to debate. <laughs> we're going to talk about that one in depth. Uh, Daddy's money. Listen, that is, they should just be called Daddy's money because that whole team is Daddy's money. I mean, Seb's earned his way, bro. Come on, bro. I don't know, man. I, I have very strong feelings towards Lawrence Stroll and they kind of project onto Lance Stroll. I mean, when you pay $80 million for your son to get into F1. Yeah, there's, but you know what? I did send you something over the weekend. You should watch. There are a lot of drivers that have paid their way into F1. Yeah. It's unfortunate. So is Nikita Mazepin. So is Checo Perez. Yeah, but Checo has actually earned it. So I'm not mad at Checo. Checo's actually earned it. So I'm not mad at him. But think about this. Stroll's been in the game for like, this is fifth year. Like, you know, Stroll's been here for a while. Like you can't even say like, oh, he's young. Yeah, like, I'm not mad like, at Mazbin. Mazbin still got two years before I put a real jury out on him. Yeah, exactly. But like Lance Stroll, you've lost your teammate every single year, other than your no name teammate. I want your no name teammate on Williams. Strolly, pressure's you, coming you, for you, you this year. You lost to Perez every single year. You lost to um, Seb this year. So it's like, what are we talking about? What are we doing? What are we doing? Yo, <laughs> if they come ninth. It's going to be bad. Yeah, they will be bad. Any last words? Well, February 1st tomorrow, which means we'll be exactly one calendar month away from the start of F1. Oh, bro. It's like March 20th when the race starts, bro. I don't want to hear about it. The next month after Feb is March. Bro, I don't want to hear about it, bro. Getting closer, bro. Again, through the dark days of the the F1 season. But what we will say to you guys is um, thank you guys for tuning in. Please follow, subscribe, share the podcast. And check out one of our new podcasts that dropped today. It'll be dropping on Thursday. It's called IMD1. Any basketball fans in America, it is a story of how to grow and become a D1 player, which is a Division I college basketball athlete. We know we have a lot of fans in America, so you may have some kids that like it. Make sure you guys tap into that as well. Tap into everything on the network. But if you are enjoying this content and you're a Formula One fan and you like what you're hearing, just tell a friend. Sounds good. Put them on the movement. And we'll see you guys on Thursday. Peace.